Welcome to episode nine of the Tech Exec Wellness Podcast, Lessons Learned from My Dog. I'm Melissa's co-host, Erica, as you all know. Melissa is out today on a client engagement. So our new teammate, Lisa Sanford, and I will be running the podcast today. She's going to be the co-host today. She's our social media manager and co-host. Lisa, welcome to the team. Before we take on this episode, tell me your favorite music genre and memorable concert experience. Hi there. I'm excited to be here. My favorite music genre is probably classic rock, although I do like some pop. I Actually, I like everything. My most memorable concert was, and I'm dating myself here, was uh, George Michael back in the during the Faith Tour. I was in the eighth grade, so I got to see George Michael with the, you know, the leather jacket dancing around the faith. It was, it was awesome. But there's been so many, so many memorable ones. What about you? What's your favorite? I love that. My favorite music genre is EDM. Most of our subscribers know that already. I would say that my most memorable concert experience was I won tickets to the B96 Jingle Bash. I don't know if you are familiar with those because B96 is a radio station from Illinois. I was a teenager and the Jingle Bash was a bunch of artists that got together and performed. And the one I remember was Alicia Keys. Oh, she was so good in person because she plays the piano and sings. I was literally crying. Wow. I would love to see Alicia Keys. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Most of the artists are phenomenal, so kudos to them. So today we're focusing on dogs, our dog families. Yes, dogs. Lisa and I are both dog owners, and it was something that Mel and I bonded over. And then when I met Lisa, we have bonded over this over time. Both of us have three dogs, Melissa and Lisa, and I have a special place in my heart for adopting them. I'll have Lisa share the story about adopting her English bulldog during COVID. My first dog as an adult was Griswold. I adopted him from a humane society in Illinois. Yes, I kept his name as Griswold because he was named after Clark W. Griswold. (laughs) And that was 2017. So it was before COVID and all that, but he did actually save me from a bad relationship. What about you? Growing up, I I had a cat, but what she said... Griswold saved you from a bad relationship. Dogs always seem to come into our lives when we need them the most. It's uncanny. Whenever I got Samson, it was during COVID, but also we got delivery of him in November. We had to put our elderly pug PJ down. And then the next week. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The very next week, my mom passed. Oh my goodness. That's terrible. I'm so sorry for both of those losses. Thank you. Thank you. It was rough. It was rough. It was a lot all at once. And then we found out that Samson was available and got him. And you've heard us talk about Samson. He is a ball of energy. I'm thinking a bulldog is going to be lazy. So I'll just have something to cuddle with. But <laughs> he's like the the dog version of the Tasmanian devil. And he got me out walking around and walking the neighborhood, getting sunshine and it helped me heal. Yeah. I think Mel told me that he was like a six walks per day dog. And I'm shocked because my oldest child has an English bulldog that I gave her for her 18th birthday. And that dog is so lazy. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, he is supercharged. I've actually tracked the miles he walks. He walks like six or seven miles a day. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, that's great. Well, why don't we dive in as we both have pets, animals, you know, this is going to focus on dogs. They bring so much joy to our lives. When Mel suggested that we do this episode, of course, I jumped on it and I was so excited because I'm an animal lover. I do, you know, volunteer at the Humane Society. You guys know that I constantly see dogs running loose and try to save them or if they're chained to trees. And I jumped all over this because it's another reason to talk about my fur babies, Griswold, Thor, and Juju. And when I started doing some research about the history of dogs, I actually didn't know the origin of dogs at all. And I learned a lot when I was doing some research. What do you know about dogs being domesticated and when they were domesticated? Not a lot. I know that pugs, I may be wrong, but like Ming Dynasty, you know, I know that Chinese emperors had them as like lap dogs. And, hmm. you know, you know, I love my pugs. I don't know much about when when they became domesticated or how they became domesticated. Do you? I do now that I did the research. So they weren't always domesticated. They did actually, you know, come from the, they originated from the wolf family, according to National Geographic. And they were the first animals to be domesticated by humans. And it was over 30,000 years ago. Wow. Yeah. You know, it goes way far back than we'll ever even be able to fathom. but. National Geographic talked a lot about how they originated from wolves and then how they got domesticated. And now they're like children to people. My dogs are like human children. So, you know, it's it's interesting when people see dogs in a way that I don't see them. It's not that I don't agree, but I'm like, yeah, that's like my kid. I wouldn't put my kid in, you know, the trunk without a seatbelt. You know what I mean? <laughs> in a vehicle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I get so mad with the way people treat their dogs, you know? Yeah. We're animal lovers, so most of our subscribers and people that watch our or listen to our podcast, they love animals too. I also was not aware that, according to the American Kennel Club, AKC, there's over 340 different breeds, but the AKC only recognizes about 200 because those are the ones that they can certify versus not certify. And each dog comes from a family of dogs. So, you know, bulldogs are the non-sport breed. Pugs are the non-sport breed. And then Belgian Malinois, they come from, you know, like the sport breed. So it's pretty interesting. I would suggest anybody that doesn't actually know the history of dogs to look into it because I learned a lot of stuff that I didn't even know because we just look at them as children. <laughs> it, exactly. Yeah. I would not have known. Yeah. Samson is pretty sporty though. I will say that about him. And you have a Frenchie, right? Jojo? We do. Well. We do. Yeah. yeah. She's the, the quiet one. The thing about Jojo, she's the leader of the house. I mean, she's the littlest one and she rules Samson. I mean, he's named Apley. He gets run over by the women, <laughs> but, but she's our little nursemaid. If, if somebody's not feeling well, she wants to come and just snuggle up to you and just, it's like her life's purpose is just to make you feel better. I love French bulldogs ears. They just crack me up. They're the cutest thing ever. And, you know, this is a lot of the things we're going to talk about today. So, you know, we're both talking about dogs in our childhood. I know you said you had a cat in your childhood. And if this doesn't apply, you could talk about dogs as an adult. So thinking back when I was a child, I had a German shepherd who actually bit me in the face because I was really young and it was my grandma's dog. And I would put my face in her bowl while she was eating because, you know, why would anybody do that unless you're a kid? 
and she bit me. And so I was scared of dogs and I didn't actually get a dog until 2017. So like, you know, almost 30 years later. But I do remember that anytime that I was sad or I needed to be cheered up, that dog was there for me. That's the same thing now as an adult. One of my dogs is a golden doodle and those are used for emotional support animals a lot of the time and service dogs. He just does not allow you to have a bad day. My other dogs are cheery as well. I love when I walk in the house, they're there at the door and they're excited to see me because they're all they do also, according to National Geographic, is they wait for us. We're the center of their world, but we're not the center of their world. And I often try to remember that, you know, if my day wasn't going as good as I thought it would, I try to remember that I'm the center of their day and I need to treat them like that as well. And I do most of the time, but they're such lovers. They pull me out of bad moods, even if I'm, you know, on a sales call and just it's not going well or I'm immediately in a good mood. What about you? I I couldn't agree more. One thing I I notice with my dogs, and I'm sure it's the same with yours, they always choose fun. When we lived in Illinois, we put some bricks along the, the bottom of the fence to keep rabbits out. And Jojo would always go out of her way to walk along the bricks just because it was fun, you know, just because she enjoyed doing it. And Samson, when I'm taking him for a walk, will go out of his way to walk through a mud puddle just because it's fun. I mean, it's just like childlike. (laughs) (laughs) So it reminds me to just lighten up and have fun. If I want to walk through a mud puddle, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You can have fun. If your feet get wet, they will dry. They teach me to not take things so seriously. I love that you said that because I used to be a perfectionist. My kids had me down to a science when they were little. Everything had to be in the spot that I left it. I'm not diagnosed medically as OCD, but I was I have OCD tendencies, but they knew that I would know if something was moved, even just a smidge. And they would constantly mess with me as they were getting older. My dogs don't do that. They knock stuff over. And just to let the audience know, the three dogs I have are the Griswold, the American Staffordshire Terrier. Thor is a Valley Bulldog, which is half English Bulldog, half Boxer. And then Juju is a Golden Doodle, because I did not state this earlier. But the Doodle is just, you know, goofy. And the other two are just always so happy to see me. But yeah. It's taught me not to worry about a stain on the floor and not freak out. Yeah. I mean, they're only in our lives for such a short amount of time. There is nothing in the house that cannot be fixed or replaced. That's something that Samson has taught me because he's wild as can be. One thing he's taught me is how to re- replace holes in drywall because he'll... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He will chew. If I leave and he gets upset, he will gnaw on the wall. So he's just wild. He's been trained and all of that good stuff too, but this was when he was younger. But they're only with us for, if we're lucky, 10, 15 years. So anything can be replaced except for them. Right. I recently had to put down the first dog that I've ever had to put down as a child or an adult. And it was one of my partner's dogs. We've been together for you know almost six years. So it's my dog at this point. And Bacon mm-hmm. was his name. He's a Jack Russell Terrier, but he was like 17 or like 18 years old. They didn't exactly know which, how old. That was the most traumatizing experience that I've been through. And I, the first thing I thought after it happened was I have to go through this with my dogs, the rest of his dogs, and then my oldest daughter's dogs. So it was very tough, but I know he's in a good place and it just makes me love them even more. Exactly. And sometimes it's just the most loving thing you can do is to, to let them go because 
they can't tell us when whether they're in pain and how bad it hurts or, and it's a gift to be able to give that to them. Yes. And humans are very emotional, but so are dogs. And, you know, keeping a dog alive to help our emotions is very selfish. It's just like, you got to think of it like a human. And that's the way that I go after it because not everybody thinks that way, like I said before, but we've talked a little bit about the emotional and physiological benefits of owning a dog. What about physical and stress reduction? I know you walked Samson a lot when you first got him. Talk a little bit about that because I know what I can say about that, but I want to hear from your perspective about the increased physical activity and the emotional support for you. Yeah, he gets me out, especially in the wintertime when I would normally not get out. He gets me out every day, multiple times a day for his walk. So I get in a lot of steps. I'll tell you that. It's great. And I get sunshine, which is so healing. And plus just... Being out with him, I've met so many neighbors and made friends with them. Everybody wants to come up and meet him. He's helped me make friends and, and just teaches me to be friendly and, and talk to everybody and have fun. I love that. Erica, have your dogs enhanced your family life and contributed to your, your kids and your, your entire family's well-being? That's a great question because I was a very young mom. And I had my first child at 18 and my second child at 23. So I was a kid raising children. We did not have the best relationship. I've been a single parent most of my life. So I was working three jobs. You know, I was always gone until I got into tech and tech has changed my life for the better. But that was also when I got my coming into tech was when I got my first dog. So to answer your question, It has brought me and my kids closer. I have two daughters. It's brought us a lot closer. My mom comes and visits because she doesn't live here. She still lives in Illinois because I'm from there too. You know, it it's something to get us out as on a family walk or go to the pet store or just laugh together and you know share funny stories. Uh, Some frustrations happen just like anything else, so that that's not a bad thing. But I would say that it's helped my relationship with my kids see sides of them that I never saw when they were little and also sides aside of me, they never saw because I was not around. I do think, especially after COVID, we just bond so much better. And I love that. I love that they have done that for me. It has changed us forever. What about you? Yeah, they, they do. They bring everybody together because we go on family walks too. We go out, we, we walk, walk the dogs. It gets both of us out. Well, you also Uh, said that it it helped you meet neighbors. So has that helped your social life? Absolutely. I mean, we're friends with everybody on our street and we've made friends all over the area. I mean, they see me walking all over. And and we also have a third dog. We have a pug, Elliot, and he's just the most friendly, friendly little guy. I mean, he's, he's like the, we call him the mayor because he's just, (laughs) is like, I'm here. I want to be your friend, you know, vote for me. Basically, that's the energy he puts out. I love so, that. Yeah, it's it's definitely increased our uh, our friends, and I don't think there's an area of our lives that having a dog hasn't enhanced. That's interesting that you say that because I've had nothing but positive experiences since becoming a dog owner. I've also met neighbors. I'm parts of all sorts of groups on Facebook that are specifically to like golden doodles or like bulldogs or American staffies. And it's something that I relate with people from around the world as well. 
I get stopped on the street as well. I have people that want to come visit me just because they want to see my dogs. They don't want to see me, but I love that because they can't get a dog or maybe it's not the right time. The other thing is, is that it has changed a side of me that I never thought I would do, which is volunteering. So adopting a dog, and I'm not saying you can't do this without when you buy a dog, but when I adopted a dog and went through that whole process the first time, because I rescued all three of them, the middle child I did actually pay the person for, but it gave me a different mindset in a sense that I wanted to give back. So I do volunteer at a local humane society. I donate things like toys and food and money to help these animals because there's so many animals that don't have good homes. Like I said earlier, you guys know that I'm constantly trying to save dogs. If I could take them all home, I would. And I want to open up my own dog ranch eventually. And that's something positive that I want to share with the listeners. I want to call it the doggy ranch that all animals are welcome, but the homeless dogs, abused dogs, or dogs that just want to come play, they can come there and it's like their own little dude ranch. Your dogs would be invited as well, but you know that would be a nonprofit. And that's where the mindset came from was adopting a dog and actually volunteering at these shelters. It's also helped my kids because they've made friends because of our dogs. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. What would you say is the biggest life lesson you've learned from your dog? That is a really good question. I had to stop and think about that for a second. I think it has made me realize sometimes the small things that I was so focused on were not important because there were things in front of me that were important that I was not paying attention to or worried about. So I would say that it changed my mindset a lot. And also the house does not have to be clean every second of every day. And I don't have to freak out if the bed is messed up or the couches. That was a big change for me because, you know, being like a perfectionist, you know, in the past versus, oh, it's moved over, there's dust. That changed me and kind of chilled me out. I think it's also made me less angry or less hothead because I had a short temper at one point. But as I age, as I got older, that also was the reason that that went away. But I would say it was a big mindset change for me to sum it up, um, that everything doesn't have to be perfect and Dust is just going to happen sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For me, I would say just lead with love. You know, the dog never holds a grudge for anything. They are happy, forgive, and that's what makes them so charismatic. You know, that's the definition of a charismatic person is they're happy. You want to spend time with them. It's because they make you feel good because they love openly and unconditionally and don't worry if they look stupid. So yeah, I try to, I try to emulate that from my dogs. Yeah. The unconditional love that you receive from an animal is hard to get from humans and people do exist that have unconditional love, but that's why dogs, I think, make such a big impact on people. And I hope our listeners, what they take away from this episode is to maybe incorporate an animal or dog, cat, bird, whatever. Because there's so many benefits. I mean, they take dogs to the old folks' homes, the retirement homes, or the nursing homes to cheer them up. And they're there for service. And veterans use them with PTSD. And there's so many good things. And the fact that they do not hold grudges and it's unconditional, it will just change your whole entire world. So if you do not have an animal today, I would definitely get one. I agree. I think that they are... They're like angels, you know, they're angels in a dog form because no person will love you like a dog will. That's true. And like you said earlier, it gets people out 
and active and happy because when you exercise, you release endorphins and endorphins make you happy. And with your overall wellness goals, I think that an animal would definitely help you, especially a dog, you know, whether you're a runner or a walker, just anybody just to get out, like you said, the vitamin D. There's so many benefits. I don't see negatives to it other than the fact that they eat a lot. (laughs) They do. They do. And I'm the dog mom that cooks my dog's food. You know, I make them homemade food because I'm that person. I want you to expand on that. So there's the whole raw food versus, you know, kibble, processed food, you know, tech exec wellness. Part of Mm -hmm. your wellness is your nutrition. So expand on are they on a raw diet or like why you cook for them? They're not on a raw diet. Uh, Jojo, she has uh, IBD. So she she was sick when she was younger, which is it's basically like the, the dog version of like Crohn's disease. Okay. So I try to feed her every high quality food out there. I mean, spending tons of money on, I tried the freeze dried raw food. I've tried mm-hmm. everything. So what she will eat and what helps her keep weight on and- gives her energy is I make her hamburger and rice with some vegetables thrown in. I love that. I love that part of the raw diet is making sure they get all the minerals. You can't just give them protein and rice and you know, no human could just eat that forever. You got to incorporate things. And I think a lot of people get it wrong with the whole raw diet, but I love that you actually cook for her. I know a lot of people that cook for their dogs. You know, some of the dog foods have been taken off the market recently due to E. coli and just things that are going bad with these companies. So overall wellness for ourselves, we also have to think about our animals. It'll help them live longer if you take the preservatives out and you take all the Mm -hmm. stuff that's in kibble. I do give my dogs kibble, but I also give them extra stuff with the kibble. Eventually, I think I'm going to get them off kibble completely so I can expand their life. It's like a human. You exercise, Mm -hmm. you eat right, you feel good. Well, Mm -hmm. if a dog is just fed processed food all the time, they're not going to feel good. Their joints might hurt. And I think a lot of these issues that these dogs come up with might be solved. Food is medicine. And if you pay attention, I paid attention to Jojo. So I started with uh, turkey and rice and she ate that for a long time. It was good. And then her stomach started to flare up again. So I switched to chicken. And then, so finally I went to hamburger and she loves it. And she's done great. I mean, she went from being so thin, no matter how much I would feed her, or whatever to did, she was just skinny, skinny, skinny. So I just started her back on the hamburger. I was this at this time I was giving her the freeze-dried raw, like the little freeze-dried nuggets. She ate it and then she stopped. So I, I gave her the hamburger and rice and, and vegetables and she's plopping up again. So she's Well, and think about yourself when you eat something that has, you know, high preservatives or fast food. I don't know if it makes you feel bad. I don't feel good after it. You get you know, all sorts of issues. And then that goes for our dogs as well, right? There's so many things in the foods and preservatives and whatnot, and it it affects our dogs as well. And I'm trying to get better at, you know, letting go of the kibble. And I'm learning more about putting in the proper nutrients and proteins and carbs in their diet, because there is a science behind it. That's why kibble, I'm sure exists. But in my opinion, bulldogs, and what I know about my daughter having a bulldog and my partner having bulldogs and then even you guys having bulldogs, they are very sensitive. And because they have upper respiratory, it is not good for even a human to have preservatives and fast food. It's going to be the same for a dog. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. A bulldog. 
Exactly. Yeah. They have tons of allergies. I mean, they have seasonal allergies like we do. I mean, in Texas, cedar season right now, everybody is coughing and sneezing and, you know, mm. thinking Zyrtec every day. So you, your dogs go through that too. The easiest thing you can do to help with that is their diet and help them with their food. Yes. And I wanted to share something with everyone that I recently learned from my vet, who is a registered vet and licensed. She told me when she came to visit my dogs the other day, because I have a vet that does in-home visits. It's amazing. If you guys have that around you or our listeners have that option, it's amazing. It's so much easier and less stressful on dogs. You know, they stay with the family. But she did say in regards to allergies that you can give dogs Zyrtec. You might want to check with your vet first. So I'm I'm not a medical professional or vet. But according to my vet for my dogs, I could give them Zyrtec because Benadryl is allowed for most dogs, but it makes them sleepy. The Zyrtec does not. And you could give it to them every day. Again, I would check with your vet, but... Zyrtec or Claritin. My vet is also... Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I, I recently learned this. So hopefully I'm sharing that with somebody else that doesn't learn it. But this has been a great episode. I could talk about dogs all day long, every day. You know that as well. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Welcome to the Tech Exec Wellness Podcast. We're excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I had fun. I I could talk about dogs all day long too. So anytime you talk about our four-legged friends, let me know. Perfect. I could talk about my dogs all day long as well. I do believe Melissa and I are going to do another episode called Power of the Dog. I don't know when, but I think that's coming in the future. But again, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Visit our website at www.techexecwellness.com and listen on any platform and have a great day.